give me that old time religion. I would like to speak with you this morning on the topic, the great Passover, the great Passover. It seemed God was teaching an important lesson. As you study the history of God's people, the Hebrew people, it seemed God was saying, hey, hey do, do not mess with my folks. Even though they are down, don't mess with my people. They are special to me. They may be down, they may be slaves down there in Egypt, but don't mess with them. When I say it's time, it's over, I need, to let, I need you to let them go. So God told Pharaoh, let my people go. God sent the first sign that he was in charge. Pharaoh refused. God sent frogs and, 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 and the frogs filled the land. But Pharaoh had his... Um, what he called them, teepers and, and, and graders, and, and, they, and he scooped those things out. I can do with frogs. God said, listen, let my people go. But then Pharaoh said, no. And God said, you know what? I have all the lice in the whole world. All will be, uh, will be infested with lice. But uh, Pharaoh said, okay, you know what? He rationalized and had a haircut and decided he wants to go... Um, Bald. God said, listen, son, I need for you to let my people go. Pharaoh refused and God said, okay, all your beasts and all that, I will send moraine and all kinds of things upon them and you will not have an easy life with the beasts and they will not produce and they will be affected. But Pharaoh said no because Pharaoh rationalized. God said, listen, Pharaoh, let my people go. I will send you some pain. So God allowed boils and upsets. Somehow God withdrew some, some, some life-giving cells in that blood and somehow in their bodies all boils and pain and aches. Wow, pain all over Egypt, but Pharaoh refused to let God's people go because he rationalized, because he had some self-interest, some vested interest in the economy that was generated and produced by God's people. God said, Pharaoh, let my people go, but Pharaoh refused. God sent help. Pharaoh refused. God sent locusts to attack the fields. Pharaoh said no. God said, you know what? I'm going to close my eyes. I just put one finger in front of the sun. 
And there'll be darkness all over the land to let you know I'm in charge. Pharaoh, Pharaoh refused. He refused. He rationalized. Pharaoh insisted, my way is better than God's way. I won't let your people go. Now we have two powers. Powers that warred against God's will and powers that thwarted God's will. Powers that insisted that their way was better than God's way. Power that said, no, we will not. We will not let you have your way. We will do it our own way. And guess what? It was not just fair. It was those around him too. So God said, Moses, go again and tell Pharaoh, I've had it. And I want to pick that story from there this morning, from Exodus chapter 12. And I want to pick up a little background from verse chapter 11. When God decided he has had it with the power in Egypt, the powers that be in Egypt, God now took the sides, took the side of his people that he gave over to slavery. My point. God, you may feel, we may feel that we have been rejected by God. That things are not going the way God has, has promised us and planned for us. It may be that God is punishing us, quote and unquote. But when God's time comes, nothing, no one, absolutely nothing prevent us from receiving what God has promised for his people. Somehow God will extricate, deliver, pull us from those circumstances that are so difficult. That is my belief. That's the lesson I learned. Father, this morning I come to you I bring your people to you. I bring myself to you. I bring my mind to you. Sanctify us. Speak to us that we may hear, that we may learn out of the things that you shared with your people of old. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, we've prayed. Amen and amen. God then decided that he wanted to separate the sheep from the goat, the obedient and the disobedient. So he had a standard. Somebody say standard. God had a standard by which he will decide who would be the obedient and who was the disobedient. It, it did not matter what your last name was. So God said, 
Moses, back up in chapter 11, chapter 11, verse 1, and, and the Lord said to Moses, I will bring yet one more plague on Pharaoh and, 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 and on Egypt. Afterward, he shall let you go from here. Now, you should understand that the people of God, after all these attempts, were now, they, many of them had given up. I want to set the background to this. Many of them had given up. They had thought God is not for us. God is not God's will for us to go anyway. By the way, Moses, who made you a ruler over us? We didn't vote you to come in. If it was God's will, first time, second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time, it would have been okay. Pharaoh would have let us go. Up to ninth time? Come on. So God said, you know, speak now, verse 2, speak now to the hearing of the people and let every man ask from his neighbor and every woman from, the, from her neighbor articles of silver and, and articles of gold. And the Lord gave uh, the poor, the people, favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Uh, moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt and in the sight of, of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. Verse 4, then Moses said, Thus said the Lord, about midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of the Pharaoh who sits on the throne, even to the firstborn of the maidservant who is behind the handmill, grinding the flour or whatever they were doing, and all the firstborn of the beast." Then on that day there shall, there shall be great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not it before, and nor shall it be like it again. Please follow me on this. Follow me, follow me. God says, after I have given you all the warnings, now this is the last one. But I know... That you will also be stubborn, but this one will break. Since you refuse to hear the frogs and the locusts and the hail, maybe when your son, who is about to sit on your throne, dies, that special. Hit you where it hurts. A lot of lessons, but that would be another discussion for another day. God says to Moses, tell your folks not be discouraged to watch and see how their deliverance will come. But listen, what you need to do is this. Gather your folks. Tell them. On this particular night. They should. Uh, reading from verse. Uh, read the rest of chapter 12. and uh, Chapter 11 and 12. But I will have to summarize it. Moses says. to the, God says to Moses. To tell the people. That there would be. A night. And there will be. An angel. And there will be a destroyer who will pass through and take care of the firstborns of the beasts and of the children of Egypt. 
But meanwhile, there's a difference because there will be a standard by which we will know who, whose firstborn will be exempt. So God said, each family, each family, Chapter 12, verse 1. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth day of the month of, of, uh, uh, month on the, of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, a lamb, according to the house of his father. And if your family was so small, you can join with another family and get a lamb. So when you have the lamb, slash the lamb, bring a lamb, every family. Bring a lamb. Bring a lamb. If you can't afford one, join with another family that has a lamb. And what will happen is this. Let me call Olivia. Olivia, come help me, baby. Come here. Where is my... God says, let every family bring a lamb, and if you can't afford a lamb, join with one another. God was so kind, so understanding. Now, when you get the lamb, slash the throat of the lamb, get the blood, and make sure there is all the blood from the lamb. And when you have got the, the lamb and the blood, there is the hyssop. The hyssop represents, it's a cleaning agent, it's a purification. Represents purification, cleansing. It's the same thing, the same that is that is a symbolic uh, representation of the cleansing of leprosy. In the Jewish um, economy, Jewish culture, deep, the Bible says. Thank you, baby. Thank you, Lord. Please give a hand to Olivia. <laughs> so the Bible says, use the hyssop, dip it in the blood, and sprinkle on the sides, on the post, as well as on the lintel. So that when the So that when the angel of death, so that when the angel of death passes, comes to the door and sees the blood, 
he will pass over. And the firstborns in that house will be saved. They will be secured. They will not be killed. Now, notice what went on. You see, the people who did this, the people who killed the lamb, the people who sprinkled on the doorpost and on the lintel, the people who obeyed. When the angel of death passed, they were safe there. Now, there was something else God said. As for the lamb, you kill it, roast it, don't boil it. Roast it with fire and eat it standing up. Not just eating it, but eat it with bitter herb or herb. Bitter herb representing the bitterness of your suffering in Egypt. The pain, the difficulties you went through. Now, you just don't kill and roast and eat. You just don't eat it only with herb, bitter herb, but you should also eat it standing with your belt, with your lion, guard it. Because you should eat it in a hurry because you're on your way out. Now, that was not enough. The instruction was also clear that they needed to eat it with bread. Not whole wheat that is risen, but a dough that did not have any yeast in it. It's called unleavened bread. Because yeast is a symbol of sin. It, yeast makes something look bigger than it is. Really, God hates boasting. God hates puffing up. God wants us to be real. But, but I'm not applying yet, but the point is that we eat, we slaughter the lamb, we roast it, and by the way, the bones of the lamb were not supposed to be broken now. Suggesting something that will, that will be happening in the future that I will soon mention. So this is a lesson that God gave to the people of Israel, to, to, to the generation, to the nation that he was now wanting to raise. That lamb represented Jesus Christ. That Jesus would be slaughtered on our behalf. And the application of the blood on our doorpost represents the application of the blood of Jesus, the benefits of that sacrifice to our personal lives. Because when we do apply it on the doors of our heart, it means salvation for us. The Bible tells us that the angel of death, as he came and saw those blood sprinkled on the doorpost, and he passed, and everyone 
regardless of where they came from, regardless of whether they spoke with accent, regardless of whether they were Jews or Egyptians, anyone that had those blood signs on their doorposts was saved. There were Israelites who died because they did not have those blood applied on their doorposts. So, the lamb is slaughtered and roasted, eaten with bitter herb, eaten in a hurry, no bones broken, reminding us that even when Jesus would be sacrificed on the cross of Calvary, the Bible tells us there was no bone broken. That church, that celebration, that Passover pointed to the sacrifice that Jesus came to make on my behalf and on your behalf. The Passover celebration pointed to the cross while it looked back to the deliverance of the people of Israel from the land of Egypt. Somehow, we will know, it is important for us to know, that somehow the Passover is central in our salvation. Let me explain this. Because it's at the middle of the road. It looks back to the deliverance of the people of Israel from the bondage in Egypt which is a symbol of our bondage to sin. Where also it pointed to deliverance of us from the bondage of sin by Jesus Christ. The lamb pointed to Jesus. The bread pointed to Jesus because the Bible says, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And the text we read from John chapter 6, verses 5, 53, all the way through 58, tell us that Jesus is the bread of life. And he says, except you eat me and drink my blood. But there was a difference. Notice this. Notice this. In, the, in that Passover, the blood was not to be eaten. Because it was not an adequate sacrifice. It was not an adequate sacrifice. But Jesus now, who is the essential, the essence, the ultimate sacrifice, the Lamb of God, he says, eat my body, drink my blood. That is the only, way, only place in the whole Bible where eating of blood is accepted. But church, what do you say? Drinking the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, it came to that day when Jesus was now celebrating the Passover with his disciples. He had to call them together. And as they gathered, they were about to celebrate. Because the Bible says when, when they were supposed to celebrate the Passover, when, that God said to them, in case your children will ask you, then you will tell them why the Passover is celebrated. You tell them how God delivered you. No, 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 no. Yeah, you hear what I'm saying? 
they, that God told them to share with their children why they celebrated the Passover. And that when their children will ask them, they will tell them how God delivered them from Egypt. Tell them about their salvation. Tell them about their deliverance. Tell them about the miraculous ways God led. Tell them how difficult it was, how we did not expect that God will come through, but somehow God came through and he saved all our children. Have we told our children how God has delivered us? Jesus came to celebrate that Passover and calling his disciples together. Knowing that he was about that weekend, church, church, that weekend was, Jesus knew that was the weekend he was going to be sacrificed. His heart was heavy. He called his disciples who should be on one accord and who should be encouraging him and supporting him. But he walks into the room. They were all in disarray. They were all broken. They were all complaining. They were all jealous of each other. They were all malicious. They were all uh, planning things and they were all angry at each other. They were all wanting something better for one another. Jesus felt saddened by that condition. I am going to sacrifice my life for you. You have been with me for these years. You are supposed to know better. But you are nowhere closer to understanding what I'm about to do. Is it worth it? I came, I come to the conclusion that Jesus came to the point where he said, you know what? Whatever it takes, man. I'm going to take off my jacket. Come on. Let me wash your feet. Are you so lifted up that you just cannot wash one another's feet? That you cannot just humble yourselves? And I'm about to go through this for you. So Jesus decided to humble himself and washed his disciples' feet. That humility was not even to compare with the humility of leaving the glories of heaven and coming down to this earth. Yet the disciples could not just take off their tie and help each other. So, Jesus says, you know what? I'm not going to go back to this. He's up. I'm not going to go back to hyssop, symbol of cleansing. I want to wash your feet. I want to wash your feet, which represents cleansing of the heart. It hurts me and pains me when some people, because of rationalization or whatever, Choose not to wash feet. To wash one another's feet when they come to the supper. It's not about theology. It's about the heart. It's a heart matter. 
It's a symbol of the inner cleansing. We can wash feet 20 times and, and baptize 300 times. If, the, if, if, there no, if there are no changes in our hearts, it's nothing. It shouldn't mean a thing. So Jesus knelt and washed his disciples' feet. Today, we have a washing feet ceremony. A ceremony, a, a service of serving one another, a, a symbol of inner cleansing of our hearts. A symbol that we say, you know, brother, sister, there is nothing that you have done to me or you will do to me that is worth more than the salvation that Christ has given me free of charge. I forgive you. Do you forgive me? I love you. Do you love me in Christ? That is the meaning of the humble service of feet washing. And then Jesus said, now that you have washed your feet, you're clean. However, <laughs> there is also somebody who's not clean. But it's their choice. But everyone had the opportunity to be clean. Those who chose to apply the blood and the hyssop received the benefit. But those who chose not to did not receive the benefit of that to their own condemnation and damnation. So Jesus said, this bread, this body, this body, this bread that has been prepared without yeast, without sin, which symbolizes my body, which I have broken for you. says, eat it. It's my body. Eat it. When you eat it, then you are accepting the nurture that I give. When you drink my body that I spilled for you, it represents, it means that you are being nurtured by my own life. So, do you see the connection between the Passover of the old and the new Passover? 